This is your Premier League and Champions League show. We talk about football, the most beautiful game. My name is Gustavo Moradel. And I'm Jake Landry. And you're listening to Dos Hermanos. Welcome, everybody, to the second episode of Dos Hermanos. I am so excited to talk about football, to talk about all these games. But first of all, how are you, Jake? How's it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I mean, we were both talking about it. It, it was a week of, of sickness for us. So we're, you know, playing a little hurt. But I have to say, I've been looking forward to this all week and hoping that I would be of sound health for it. And I'm feeling great. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. Thanks so much for joining. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, welcome. Uh, let's start with the Champions League because I thought I was going to come here Friday night, talk about good things, talk about a big win at Munich and celebrate, maybe drink a little <laughs> to celebrate Barcelona beating Bayern Munich. But here we are on Friday and it did not happen. Barcelona was once again beat by Bayern Munich and I am completely devastated. Robert Lewandowski felt a little forgiven back in his uh, stadium because he played there for so many years. And he, it just seemed like he was forgiven so many opportunities, Jake. I am so, so surprised that he did not score. Pedri had an opportunity that was literally a tap in. He did not score. Barcelona looked really good in the first half. And Xavi seemed like he had a great plan to destroy Bayern Munich. But once again, the story of Barcelona, we play beautiful football, but we cannot finish. We cannot finish. And what I hate about this situation that we're in right now is that we cannot just do what Real Madrid does. And I know, hear me out, Barcelona fans, you might be angry about what I'm saying. Madrid plays horrible. They've been playing horrible for the last freaking 10 years. And yet they have won, what is it, six Champions League? I mean, are you serious? I don't want to see more beautiful playing. I want to see goals. I want to see results. I want to see them win. Bayern Munich is no longer the same team that they used to be. And so there's no excuse as to why we didn't beat Bayern Munich. I'm angry, as you can hear. No, I, I love it. And I, you know, the Champions League can be kind of tough to watch because you're probably at work. And so you kind of have to sneak your phone out, try to find a break. And I was able to kind of tune in at various points for, you know, a little bit here and there. But at halftime, it appeared that Barcelona had had many opportunities that they just couldn't capitalize on, like you were saying. And so it's unfortunate, but it does show that chemistry is an important aspect of the game because when you look at Bayern Munich's goals, the two goals that they put in in rapid succession, that sort of chemistry, that sort of ability to just turn it on, you know, make some good things happen. And then, you know, obviously hold your own for the rest of the game. I mean, that's that's something that I think Barcelona is working towards. Like last year, I or sorry, last week I said, they are a team to be worried about. And I, I feel that, um, you know, this result did not shake me. It did not shake me. I, I think they played well. I think that it will come for them. And I also think Bayern Munich is just, they're, they're a tough test early on. I know in Tottenham, even in their year where I think they went to the final, I'm pretty sure they had Bayern Munich in the group stage and they got crushed by them and they made it to the final. So that, that, you know, you'll hear me make a big deal out of group games, but this is one situation where, you know, I think Barcelona can shrug this off and say, listen, we're, we're, we're all right. We're on the right track here. 
at this moment, my friends, the only team in Spain representing um, what Spanish football is, is Real Madrid. I mean, we let's talk about Atletico Madrid for a second. I love Cholo Simeone. I love the Wanda Metropolitano. I love the Atletico Madrid fans. But I'm honestly tired of seeing the same story repeat over and over, similar to Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, the most boring games to freaking watch. I swear to God, I cannot sit through an, an Atletico Madrid game. They are so boring, and they were beat by Bayern Leverkusen 2-0. So I don't think that Atletico Madrid will be kicked out in the group stage. I think they're going to do fine. But again, completely disappointed with well, the result. I would like to uh, let, me, uh, let me interject <laughs> that because I actually think if you look a little bit closely at this group, there might uh there might be an interesting uh, real upset coming. And this is kind of my question about Atletico Madrid as someone who has not necessarily been a fan of La Liga for many years and really tapped in. You know, in the last couple of years, I've been excited by them. Obviously, when they got Suarez, I was like, oh, you know, Griezmann, you know, this whole thing, kind of trying to pay attention. Joao Felix, who just seems like he can't, it, you know, I'm already getting to my point, but I was excited about them. But I feel like I don't know how to feel about them right now because, yes, their games are difficult to watch and boring. And especially watching as a supporter, I would also say they're frustrating because they do. They leave it late. You know, they have all these players that should be able to do just incredible things. And in real life, they don't do that. They're great FIFA players, but they're not necessarily great. Now, as far as their group, you said you think they're going to make it out of their group. But I say, hold on. Wait a second. They currently sit third in their group. Okay. So they're losing a tiebreaker with Leverkusen if it ended right now. Okay. Porto is at the bottom. They lost Atletico Madrid. Porto is out of it. What is about to happen is club (laughs) Bruges is coming up for Atletico. And I hear you laughing, but let me tell you this. I, I am someone that, you know, puts a dollar here and there and I pay attention to the lines and I look at it and club Bruges was the underdog in their first two group stage matches. So all I would say is, I think, and understandably why, I mean, I'm not a big Club Bruges fan. I think I watched one game, like maybe over the summer or last year when it was randomly on FUBU and it was like, there's nothing else on. So like, don't get me wrong. I'm not a, I don't have the Club Bruges jersey in the closet. <laughs> However, I do think that given how underwhelming Atletico Madrid has been and their tendency to leave it late and sort of, you know, just not be the team that's going to come out and sort of punch you in the, in the kisser like Liverpool or even Real Madrid, I, I think there's a chance that they're not going to make it out of the group and it'll be Club Bruges and Bayer Lever, Leverkusen out of Group B, which I'm pretty sure we would have thought that Atletico Madrid and FC Porto would have been coming out, but Porto's already not coming. And, and I think there's more disappointment to come. So that that's my hot take for next. Uh, it's actually in October, but for the next, the last game in the group stage, I think we're going to see disappointment for, for the Spanish team in uh, group B. Are you saying that we have to wait until October to watch the Champions League? Yeah, match? I know. I was looking. I you thought they were going to be next week, but the last game is going to be, I think it's October 14th. It's like that in, that, in that week. So, yeah. Quite disappointing, my friend. I'm sorry. But in, a, in another way, in another world, maybe this could mean something good. And when I say in another world, I mean in Liverpool, <laughs> uh, Liverpool's world. Because as you guys, as, if you've seen the game, we, and I say we, because again, I'm a fan of Liverpool. If this is the first time listening to the podcast, I am a fan of Liverpool. And 
we finally won a match for Christ's sake. We have not been we have not been our best. It's been a while since I remember celebrating a victory. And Ajax is actually a pretty good team. I saw the game. To be honest with you, I was really bored as well. And it was quite an interesting match. I feel like Mohamed Salah is not his best still, although I think he did score. Um, but the game was saved almost last minute by Matip. And so I think that that maybe covers it up a little bit. But in reality, I don't think Liverpool has improved as much. And I hope this break um, and I hope not playing a Champions League game until October means that we can get back on our feet and start winning matches again. And again, the Chelsea game was postponed, as you probably are aware. And Jake mentioned last week, you did mention that maybe that was a good thing for Liverpool. And I hope so. I hope so too. Um, I honestly, as a Liverpool supporter, I don't have a lot of hope for this season. I don't think we might win any trophy this season. I want to be wrong. I want to come back and listen to this podcast and say, forget you, you were wrong. But I'm afraid that I'll be right. And I don't think we're going to win any silverware this season. And that's okay. We cannot always be winning silverware. Last season was a great season, although it could have been better. But that's my take on Liverpool. I'm going to keep supporting the team. I'm going to keep believing until the end. But I don't know. What do you say, Jake? You think they're going to go far this season? Well, I definitely think that they have saved themselves in the Champions League, and I absolutely believe in Klopp and Liverpool to turn around because they just have that much talent there. And uh, I actually thought the game I was that that was a game that I was able to watch most of. And uh, how could you not? I mean, that was that was appointment television. I, you know, Liverpool on the verge of being kicked out by a team who historically does well in upsets in the Champions League. I mean, it was it was must watch you know, if you could, and I, I couldn't, I still found a way to on my phone, you know, on the side, whatever, you know, you had to do, but no, I thought it was a very exciting game. I thought the pace was amazing. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I did expect more goals. I did expect a little bit more, um, just, just ability to make something happen to force the other team to make something happen where, you know, that happened once, but it did, I was hoping for more goal scoring in that sense, but I did think that, the way the ball was traveling from end to end was super exciting. So, so, you know, he couldn't be upset in terms of that. Um, but no, I, I think Liverpool is, I think this, I think again, and we're about to talk about Chelsea. I think this weekend is going to be good for both of them to get the weekend off. Uh, I think that uh, the Carabao cup is being played next week. I guess we should know that there's so much going on right now that um, it's hard to keep track of everything. So there will be still, a midweek match, I believe, but um, no, this, this bodes well for them. This bodes well for them. So yeah, I want to talk about Chelsea. You tell me, are you, are, are we ready for that? I think I'm more than ready because I'm actually celebrating right now. I'm not an Arsenal fan. I'm not a Tottenham fan, but I'm really happy that Chelsea tie. And I'm really happy that they're really shaky right now because I was a Tuchel fan and it's not cool what they did to him. I saw his tweet just horrible um, very sad. What did he actually. tweet? I'm not on Twitter. What did he, what did he tweet? I, I'm going to look it up right now, but we, yeah, while I look it up, I want you to tell me about Chelsea. All right. All right. I think so, you have something good to say about them. <laughs> yeah, in, case, in case you didn't see it. So they had a very disappointing draw against Salzburg. And I'll tell you a little bit more about my thoughts on that match and, and the state of Chelsea. But before that, you know, basically 
what they're looking at is they are second in their group. Uh, oh, sorry. No, they are last in their group. My apologies. <laughs> last, the best they can hope for is to be second in their group. Um, they need a win. They need a win. That's, that's without question. If they win and they win by two goals, then they should be able to pass actually AC Milan, which is the team that they're playing. And if they do that, they, they beat AC Milan and score by, they have to win by two. I'm pretty sure. Um, I tried to look it up in an article to have someone who, you know, is more forward with math, but this is, these are my, my napkin calculations. But so if Chelsea wins by two uh, in their next game against AC Milan, they should be good to advance in second place, no matter what happens with Dynamo Zagreb and FC Salzburg. So they are looking in a place where, um, you know, they, they still can advance and, um, you know, their fate is sort of in their own hands. You, that being said, AC Milan is the strongest team besides Chelsea in that group and Chelsea lost and drew to the other team. So, um, you know, try watching Chelsea and trying to be objective, Gustavo, you know, getting ready to sort of talk about them because we didn't get to talk about them last week. We did, but it got, it got, you know, it was on the cutting room floor because we can only have the show be so many hours long. But so I was trying to watch it sort of as a Chelsea fan when I watched the highlights, because this was a game I couldn't watch at work. And I have to tell you, like, it was an absolute gut punch. It was a gut punch watching the highlights because Chelsea was coming forward. Sterling was, you know, getting some good moves. You know, it seemed like things were happening, but it's like they were just unable to produce in the way that, again, as a Tottenham fan, I hate watching it, but I, I always tip my hat to, I mean, Chelsea, they can kill. And they have that consistency year to year to year. So, you know, that might have something to do with Tuchel. But so Sterling's goal in that game was a training ground goal as it was because the cross that came in was completely misplayed by the Salzburg defenders. He gets a free shot on goal. I mean, it was from outside the 18 or right at the top. So listen, you know, it was he had to put it in, but it wasn't anything that that he can't do. But it wasn't like Chelsea made that goal happen. And then the Salzburg equalizer. So I have a question. You ever play FIFA online and you get so mad when you're losing against someone or you're playing against a friend that you just start switching to your players and hitting square at the same time really fast so all your players just slide tackle at the same time? That is what Chelsea looks <laughs> like trying to defend this goal. It was Thiago Silva is the one who made the worst slide tackle that just – it was a complete wolf. You're moving in slow motion. The rest of the game is moving quickly. Like it just looked terrible. And so then they're trying to get the game back. This is Graham Potter's first game. And they bring in Connor Gallagher, the Crystal Palace starlet. Okay. Zayek, who honestly, like talking about Ajax and overperforming in the Champions League, Hakeem Zayek was part of a team that did very well in the Champions League. And that's when Chelsea bought him. He has been the biggest disappointment besides maybe Jack Grealish, or at least like in that ilk. At his time at Chelsea, I didn't look up his statistics, but just from what I've seen, like, you know, just watching it, he's just has not delivered the way they needed. So then the other sub was Broya or Broja, who they just got from Southampton. Ooh, Chelsea. Okay. The big Southampton pickup. Thank God we got this guy. And then of course the last sub who was put on at the 82nd minute, who I was sitting there watching the highlights as a Chelsea fake fan saying like, where is Christian Pulisic? Why is he not being brought in at the 60th minute? So he gets brought in at the 83rd minute, okay? 
Here's my question for Chelsea right now. Who's the leader of the team? Who's the leader of the team? Go ahead, Gustavo. Tiago Silva. Tiago Silva. Tiago that, Silva. That's what I think. He's 800 years old. So is that that's the best answer you can come up with? Because I think the experience in the trophies that he's won, they see him as a leader. Isn't he the captain anyways? I don't okay, know. Fine. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. Tiago Silva. <laughs> you get rid of Rudiker. You get rid of Christian Anderson. I think that was his name. Erickson? The guy, no, the guy who, um, oh my God. Yeah, Eric's, er, uh, no, 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 um, Christensen, Christensen. Thank you, Christian Erickson. There I am, but Christensen, thank you. You get rid of both of those defenders who were not, well, Rudiger was getting good time, but Christensen was not getting the time that he probably deserves. And now you have to play Aspilicueta as a center back? What do you have against Aspilicueta? He's three feet tall. <laughs> He's just small. He's just undersized. I'm sorry. Aspilicueta is a, is a Chelsea legend. You know, He's they love him. They love him as Stanford oh, Bridge. I'm talking as a Chelsea fan, fake Chelsea fan. He is undersized. He is undersized. Seeing him, uh, listen, on the wing, sure, I'm, I'm all about that. But as a, or in a, as a left in a three, but it was a back four. So you're going to have him as one of the two center backs. I hate it. I hate it. So let me just, <laughs> let me just say this, you know, reading around a little bit, because you were talking about Tuchel, what it sounds like happened to Chelsea is when the new leadership came in, because obviously there was all the horrible, you know, Ukraine invasion, Abramovich loses his ownership, all this stuff is going on. And the new leadership comes in. And what it sounds like happened is they went to Tuchel and they said, look, We have, we have some issues here. We need you to go out and be the ambassador for our club. You need to go and, you know, make things look better. And he was, he was out there, you know, he was the face of the team and he was very personal. You know, he was carrying a lot of the, of the political quote unquote load in his press conferences. But then also what was happening, what's been reported is that, you know, in the back, they're like, Also, this decision you're making on the field and that player and this thing, like, we need to maybe change and adjust that. So Tuchel's like, what the hell's going on? Meanwhile, apparently, it's been reported that he was going through a divorce at the time and might still be going through that. And so he was not in a good place. I'm not holding him like, well, I am holding him accountable for whatever actions he did or whatever, you know, the way we would hold anyone accountable. But it sounds like It was bad timing for him. There was a lot of stuff going on. And that was, so it wasn't just that they were losing because they weren't doing well in their first six matches, but there was also just this sort of bad thing, which is why something that happened so suddenly might not be such a, you know, out of the blue thing for the team. Here's what he said on Twitter. He said, this is one of the most difficult statements I have ever had to write. It is One which I hoped I would not need to do for many years, which means he was he was really wanting to stay at Chelsea for a long time, right? And I'm I'm going back to saying, quote, I am devastated that my time at Chelsea has come to an end. Unquote. So like I think that to see this tweet completely devastating. I understand. I didn't know about the divorce, by the way. That's that's news to me. But I understand that things were not fine. But the dude won a Champions League. Like the first season he was at Chelsea. He is a natural winner. He comes from the German school of thought, school of thought when it comes to football. And I believe that sometimes you just got to give people some time because guess what? I think that Potter would not last at Chelsea. They gave him a chance because he's British. I don't care. He will be gone by the end of the season. Trust me. 
And that's just me saying it because I really think that he's not going to do well. Well, let me, let me back you up there because I, you know, first of all, I I thought it was, again, I'm a fake Chelsea fan. So the as a Tottenham fan, which is what I am, when I saw that Tuchel was fired, I was like, that is a dumpster fire. Yes. I love it. But it's the stupidest thing in the world. I totally agree with you. And again, listen, we all love Graham Potter. (laughs) He's been a very likable person in the premier league, but I went back and I looked at his seasons with Brighton. Okay. So he first came into Brighton in in 2019, 20, like that season. Okay. And they had nine wins, 14 draws, 15 losses. The next season, same exact record, nine wins, 14 draws, 15 losses. Last year he had 12 wins, 15 draws, 11 losses. He had four wins and one draw, I believe, before he left to join Chelsea this year. Completely undeserving. In those years, in those years, he was, they were 15th, 16th, and then last year, uh, his best year, they were ninth. I, again, like, not a hater of Graham Potter, but it's a head-scratching hire because this guy has not, shown us in a lesser league or whatever it is that he's a winner that he can bring a team to that stage and to play devil's advocate maybe some people listening to this podcast might say well maybe he needs a chance at a bigger club but what i would say about that is the guy is likable he's a very nice guy he plays the 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 role of a nice gentleman on the sidelines you know every time i see him shake hands with other coaches but I just simply don't think that he's cut out for the job. And I wish him well. I, I actually like the guy. I hope he does well. But I do think that being British helped him get this job. And I think that being charismatic helped him get this job. There was nothing else in his history or his resume that said he's the perfect man for Chelsea. No, he got this job because he's a nice guy and he's British. And I wish him the best. I have nothing against British coaches. But I just simply think, simply think that he was... In the in the right time, uh, in history, right to get the job, and he got it because of everything. It's the perfect storm, and that's that's those are my thoughts on him. I don't hate Potter, actually like the guy, but I just simply don't think he's good out for the job. He will be gone by the end of the season at least. And by the way, Chelsea, they're not winning a trophy whatsoever this season, and I don't even think. Listen to this. I don't even think they're gonna be on the top four. I I know you might be angry. I know some people might be really upset by that. Seriously, like if you had to like, I'm looking at the table right now. Okay. So right now, if the season ended today, okay. Arsenal would be the winners. Then Man City, then Tottenham. That's three. Brighton would be four. Man U five. Fulham six. Chelsea seven. Liverpool eight. Okay. So we could probably say that Fulham and Brighton are going to drop out of that, right? And so that would leave all the big teams. But if Chelsea was the worst of those big teams, they end up in sixth. And that's kind of where I have them right now. Like, I think if, and this might be tough for fans, I think if Chelsea makes the Europa League this year, that that that's a good season for them right now. Like, I agree. Yeah, like that, like, and and not, it's tough. Like, I'm sorry, Chelsea fans, but it's like things... 
are okay in terms of like, I, I do think that I, so I'm not necessarily as negative as you with Graham Potter. Like I, I, I kind of disagree. I think he might be able to start next season in Chelsea and sort of have his own season there and, and get that opportunity. But I don't think that this year is going to be super smooth. I think they'll be okay. I think they'll make six, which I think, you know, fifth or six, I think would be a, a great season for them at this point. But uh, with Tottenham and Arsenal playing the way that they're playing and Manchester United now, it's going to be really hard to get into that top four. And listen, Liverpool is obviously going to at some point, I mean, you would think they are going to come above Chelsea. That's sixth place right there. I don't know, man. This season, I'm not as optimist, but I do think Liverpool will be at top four. And I do think that Manchester City, Arsenal, and Tottenham will be fighting. Um, I don't know if you want to go into Tottenham right now. Yeah, <laughs> they, actually, it's a perfect time. It's they a- seem to be struggling. And I'm actually really afraid for Antonio Conte. I'm afraid that he might lose his job. And I'm really hoping oh, that the right. Spurs think about what they, what they do and that they don't make a decision that's rushed and that they don't fire him because I actually think that will be the biggest mistake they can do. But at the same time, it's unforgivable, Jake. They cannot they cannot be losing to a team that small in the Champions League. It's so small that I forgot what, he, what team he even... Sporting, they, Sporting Lisbon. Are you kidding me? Sporting Lisbon. <laughs> The, the birthplace of Cristiano Ronaldo, I don't care. They should be beating them 5-0, 6-0. It's Tottenham Hotspurs playing in the best league in the world. There's no excuses. Antonio Conte has no excuses. Uh, everything that Tottenham has done over the last few games has shown that they are a top-class team, and they need to show it in the results. I'm sorry, Tottenham fans. I'm sorry, Jake, but Antonio Conte can do better. Well, it's so strong. Love it. Love it. It's their first. Today I'm a bit strong. <laughs> their first loss of the season. So I'm, I'm. Oh wait, it is. Yeah, that's they've they've been they they've drawn, but they have that's their first loss. So wow. I don't think they're gonna fire Conte. I hope not. That would be that would be a lot. But no, I will say. I mean. That game, I did everything in my power to watch, you know, every minute of that game. And what ended up happening was I was able to watch like the first 20 and then I was able to watch the last 10. Obviously, if you didn't watch that game, Tottenham lost 2-0 to Sporting Lisbon. They lost in just the worst possible way as a fan. They lost with two goals scored after the 90th minute. Um, They were bad. It was bad. It was B-A-D bad. Now, um, if you did tune in last week, I talked about Son and his starting role. And obviously that is in jeopardy. There's been a couple of articles out this week. And I think even last week, I think there had been an article out that Conte was definitely open to it. And something that I didn't say last week that I want to say is that I hope Son can cope with this. I hope that because something is coming last week, I said something is coming. Now something is definitely coming because you know, for like you said, I mean, for them to play in a Champions League match that matters, which basically puts away the Champions League. We move on. We're done. We don't even have to, you know, we play our subs in the next game and we don't even worry about what happens. We've lost that opportunity. And now instead we have to play Frankfurt and it's win or go home. Now the teams, uh, the teams haven't played uh, since 1982. They split the games back then. Not that that has any relevance to now anyway. Um 
I think they'll be fine. But at the same time, you know, this is the thing with Tottenham right now that I agree with you with is that even though I agree that in the league, they have looked like they can really compete for a high position. Part of that is because some of the other clubs have been so inconsistent. Like they, you know, again, they, they have, they're sitting third. They only have two draws, but you know, I mean, they could do better than that, you know? And, and I guess that's true with a lot of the teams, but so today, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go. What does Tottenham need, by the way? I just want to know, like, what is it that they're lacking right now Here's to, what I think to do need, better? I think what they need to do, and I, it, it's tough, I think they need to sit Son for a game, and they need to play Richarlson on the left, Kulu on the right, Kulishevsky on the right, Kane up top, and they need to just give that lineup a chance to do something new, And then put Son in as a sub. And I think Son as a sub, like this is the thing is like, you know, kind of a tangent, but there are players that are just very effective at the end of games. Like Alexander Mitrovic is a great example of a player who like you keep in for, I mean, he starts, but you keep, they keep him in for the 90 minutes because a lot of the damage he does is towards the end of the game. And I just think this is where, As a Tottenham fan, my hope is that Son can and the team and Conte, and I do think this is a real test for him as a, a manager with this Tottenham side, is can he manage it in such a way where other people are able to fit into the rotation and a high-profile player like Son can be okay with that? And also, like, Kane's played every minute of Tottenham since the preseason, I believe, like, or pretty close. So... I also feel like there's opportunity for rotation up there. And I just, I just think that there's opportunity there and there's load management there. And, you know, for Tottenham right now, if they were to get an injury or something, you know, that would completely derail their season. And Kane didn't get injured last year, which was a, an anomaly based on his past career. Usually he misses quite a few games because of ankles and things like that. So I just, I think that this is important. I think that rotation is coming. I think what they need is a little bit of rotation. I just hope the big profile players can handle that and cope with that and continue to be leaders and, you know, maintain strong winning attitudes. And Tottenham Hotspur is playing Leicester City tomorrow. And I think that that's a great opportunity to prove that they're capable of winning important matches. And unfortunately for Leicester City, I think that tomorrow will be a way to pay back for losing uh, on the Champions League against Lisbon. Um, and so I'm expecting a 3-0, 2-0 um, score for tomorrow's game. And talking about the Premier League, I think that the Premier League, obviously right now because of what happened in England, we, we've had to pause some games and I don't know what that's going to look like I don't know how that's going to affect in the near future, but I think that we're going to focus on the games that are happening today. Fulham beat Nottingham Forest 3-2, an incredibly fun uh, football match. And um, also Aston Villa beat Southampton 1-0. And um, tomorrow, I'm really excited to see the Wolves versus Manchester City game because Diego Costa is back. And Diego Costa, as you remember, he is very controversial. 
He really, really likes to be the center of attention in a match. So I'm excited to see him play tomorrow against Manchester City. And uh, other games that are happening, obviously, is the Brentford is the Brentford Arsenal game happening? That that one isn't right. That's I Sunday, assume it's not that's Sunday 7 a.m. That's Sunday 7 a.m. So that and is happening. That should be a good one. That should be a good one because I will say that you know for Arsenal's form this season. I do think that there is a decent chance that Brentford could, you know, at least get a draw, at least nick a point off them, which would be big for the, for the, you know, the top four and, and, you know, the whole league, but especially that top spot because, you know, Arsenal's holding it, but it doesn't feel like they're going to hold it forever. I will just say, I do think that the Wolves adding Diego Costa, it, that could be good. And it will be interesting seeing a team like the Wolves now with, him against Man City with Holland. It's a good little foil, even though obviously, you know, the Wolves are much lesser. I think it'll be an interesting match and uh, worth waking up for. Why don't we take a break and uh, we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. All right, so let's talk about La Liga for a second. Jake, have you been keeping up with La Liga? Yeah, I mean, I keep up with it a little bit. I have, uh, you know, a team that I very much enjoy, which is actually the team that you didn't know you love this week. And so this is sort of the team that I follow, the team that I root for. And that is... Can you tell us what team that is? That is Athletic Club Bilbao. And I I do want to shout out to ESPN because they, when they picked up La Liga... Um, I, I think it was last year they did a special, I think it was the summer before the season started and they went to all the different cities that the different clubs that were in La Liga that season were from. So obviously some of them were like, you know, Barcelona and ones that weren't all the time, but there were some nice little specials. And I learned a lot about just different parts of Spain and stuff that I didn't know. But one of the teams that I had seen on there was athletic club Bilbao. And so yeah. I ended up watching seeing Inaki Williams and also seeing Nico Williams. And now Nico Williams is a year older. He looks a little bit more like a, a grown man, like he's grown into the game a little bit more. And I have to say, like, if you love just an attacking team that just has a lot of firepower, Munain, Inaki Williams, I, I forget. It's like Benin's. I always get confused with Benton Core, who's the Argentinian player for the Spurs. But they just have so many weapons. And uh, they're just a great team. So Athletic Club Bilbao, they're sixth right now. Last year, they had kind of a disappointing season. Like, they should have done better than they did. They ended up eighth last season. And my goal, my hope, is that they can make the Europa League or the Europa Conference League this year because they're a team that deserves to be in tournaments because they are a team that turns up for big games and are going to score goals. Like, they're going to score goals what are you going to do about it? So Absolutely. Bilbao, it's a city in Spain. It's north of Spain. And it's typically referred as the Basque country, right? And so I find it really interesting that in Bilbao, in Atletico Bilbao, the, the football club, they only sign players who were born in the Basque country. I don't know if you knew that, uh, Jake. And uh, so everybody that plays at Atletico Bilbao right now was either born or has been a resident of the Basque country, basically, um, since childhood. I find that really interesting. Many people thought that that was problematic because Iñaki Williams, who you spoke about, actually had a hard time 
when uh, when he started trying to play for Atletico Bilbao, a lot of people categorized him as uh, racist or exclusive because they would not allow anyone from outside of the vast country um, or the Bilbao area to join the team. So I find that really interesting. Another interesting thing is Valverde, the former Barcelona coach, whom I loved, to be honest with you. He is their coach right now. And I believe he's a top-class coach. I think they can do better better than what they're doing. And also San Mamés, one of the most beautiful stadiums in Spain, is one of the biggest stadiums in Spain. So for this week's the team that you know that you loved, I think that that's a great choice. And I actually, I am really a, a big fan of Atletico Bilbao. I like to watch their matches. It's always really fun when they play Real Madrid, when they play Barcelona. And to touch a little bit on La Liga, the only thing I'm, I'm going to say about that is Real Madrid keeps on winning. What is going on at Santiago Bernabeu? What is going on with this incredible young team, incredible team of players like Vinicius Jr., who's freaking killing it this season? People are mad at him because he keeps dancing on the sidelines when he scores. And a lot of people in Spain are just really upset by him because of all the dances that are happening when he scores. But he's been scoring goals left and right this season. And this weekend, as we're speaking, we have the biggest game, well, outside of the Clásico in Spain, which is the derby of Atletico Madrid versus Real Madrid at Wanda Metropolitano. And I think it's going to be a blast because there's already been some fire put into this game. Atletico Madrid players saying, if Vinicius Jr. starts dancing, you already know what's going to happen. I don't know if you heard about that, Jake, but there's some threats being made already about Vinicius Jr. dancing if he scores at Wanda Metropolitano. I think it's going to be a tie game, as always, but I'm really looking forward to maybe seeing Vinicius score. And I can't believe I'm saying that because I really hate Real Madrid. I don't hate anything in life. I do hate Real Madrid. With yeah, but, in but my the, <laughs> this is the problem with Real Madrid right now. They're a very likable team. They are. Last I mean... They were fantastic they were fantastic because exactly they started off really poor and they brought it back and they won the champions league and they won the champions league as an underdog unbelievable they beat chelsea they beat psg was it psg no they beat chelsea they beat manchester manchester city pep guardiola's manchester city for christ's sake come on and they i think they also play liverpool if i'm not wrong and so they played the biggest teams in europe and they still won it I am tired of seeing Real Madrid win. They need to stop lose, start losing right away. I cannot live my life like this, Jake. And can I just say, like, with some of the comments that were made about Vinicius, you know, obviously just, like, so terrible and so horrible. And, you know, it was funny because I was talking to, to my wife about just, like, the things that I feel like people say about, like, you know, comparing people to animals and things like that. Like, it's just unbelievable that these comparisons still happen and that people say things that just are so blatantly wrong. And the other thing about the dancing, I don't see his celebrations as being all that different from other celebrations. I see other players do like, I don't really understand why he's being singled out for his celebrations. You know, I think that's part of soccer scoring a goal in soccer is a very, you know, big deal. Like it just is, especially now when we're seeing less goals than ever. So, you know, I, I just think all that stuff, like it makes me want to root for them even more because yes. it's like this again, and we were talking about Atletico Madrid earlier. And I was saying like, 
how am I supposed to feel about Atletico Madrid? They are kind of losers. Yes. Joe Felix with his little, you know, freaking boy band haircut and everything, like running around there. (laughs) I don't look at Atletico Madrid as like, like, I don't, they're the ones who are the underdogs probably in that game. Yeah. I look at Real Madrid as like, oh, my heart tells me that they're the ones who should win. We're talking about Real Madrid. Yes. I, I'm with you on everything you're saying about Real Madrid, but not this Real Madrid. I this, am tired of seeing them win. Absolutely but not this, tired. Not this group of people. Take the, 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 the jerseys away. Take the team away. I love this team. I love It's a great team. I mean, Rodrigo, Valverde, and the incredible goal, goalkeeper that they have with Courtois being a freaking wall. Real Madrid, Rudiger. I mean, they are completely... I okay. would say ready to win it all. Why? And and listen, maybe I don't know exactly what happened behind Rudiger leaving Chelsea. So maybe he was gone out the door regardless and it didn't matter what they did. Why would you ever let him go if you could keep him? I hate him. As a Tottenham fan, I cannot stand him. Antonio Rudiger makes me upset and angry. <laughs> Because he is so good and he's exactly that player, right? That's who he is. Like he's the defender who you, if you're, he's not on your team, you can't stand him. And like, that is so valuable. And like, listen, Ashville Laqueta has some of that too, but he's four feet tall. And now I'm back on Chelsea, but like, I can't believe when you look at it, that they let him go because when I look at where Chelsea is right now and what they're lacking, talking about that leadership question, they are lacking a guy like him who you can put in and just know, like, we're good. He's in Maybe there. they thought he was too old. I don't know. I, I don't know what you would have seen that would have indicated to you that he could not, especially when you have Real Madrid suiting. I just, I don't know the details behind that how that went down exactly. But if you, if you could have kept him in Chelsea, I think that would have been the better thing to do. And to close out on Real Madrid, here's what I'm going to say. Florentino Perez, brilliant, genius, mastermind, businessman. He has completely taken Real Madrid to glory. And as a Barcelona fan, I hate to admit it, Real Madrid is the best team in the history of the game when it comes to club football. And I hate that, but it's just the reality. They have proven it multiple times. And so that's the last thing I'm going to say about them. I hope they start losing soon. I hope that Benzema never recovers. No, I'm just kidding. I wish him well. I hope he recovers because he's a brilliant player. I actually don't dislike the guy. I mean, how could you? I mean, he's amazing. Everybody that I hated in Madrid left Madrid. Sergio Ramos and Cristiano Ronaldo. And most importantly, I think the, the Madrid player that I hated the most. By the way, when we say hate, we mean dislike or anybody there or <laughs> yeah. And so I really couldn't stand Casimiro. I think Casimiro was the most annoying player oh. ever to play at Real Madrid. He should have gotten many red cards yet. He never got a red card at La Liga. United now, right? He's in Manchester United now. And so, I- yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to say about Madrid. And uh, I'm looking forward to this game as well. It's going to be, is it on Sunday? Yes. Sunday, September the 18th. Well, it's going to be a great up. game. And I hope Griezmann does something good. I hope something good happens. Cholo Simeone needs to get his crap together so he can start also winning matches. And so that's all I'm going to say about that. 
and we can move on from La Liga. Well, let me just let me just end it like this. Here's a, a good way to have a good weekend. Okay, you know, Saturday, it's pretty easy. Wolves in Man City at seven thirty. Listen, Newcastle is a good team, but you got Newcastle, Burnamouth at 10 a.m. I'm going to be watching that game. I like Newcastle. I'm I'm excited about watching that team. They're fun to watch. And then you got Tottenham and Leicester. Now, I will say that Tottenham-Leicester game, I I agree with you. I I have a feeling Tottenham is going to come in there with a little bit of a vengeance. Then Sunday, you get the rest of Saturday off, right? You watch game at 1230. You got some time off. Actually, there might be a La Liga game, but um, Sunday... Brentford Arsenal, 7 a.m. Everton West Ham United, 9.15. You take a little break, and then you watch the class, or not the classical, but the Derby at 3 p.m. You got a nice little weekend going on here. And there's sounds, football, too. It sounds like a great weekend. I hope everybody is also set for a wonderful weekend. And, um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Is there anything else you would like to add, Jake? No, just that I'm excited to see what happens this weekend. Uh, we have, you know, a, a little bit of a break from the Champions League. So, uh, you know, I'll be excited to see in October what comes up there. But we'll have plenty of episodes before then, uh, checking in on the teams. And uh, interested to see what happens midweek with, I think, again, I think we have some cup matches going on. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But excited to talk about it next week with you, man. Absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure, Jake. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been episode two of Dos Hermanos Podcast. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. My name is Gustavo Moradel. I'm Jake Landry. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.